You're listening to 92.7 FM, WZBD, Burn, Decatur, Bluffton, Indiana. Well, good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Hager Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Once again, big crowd here join us tonight, Dane, as uh, the, the Sunday night crowd trickles in, because you know why they're here? They know that Sam Wolpert, Scored 11 takedowns in his match. And up for grabs, because you have to be here in person to win, is a free oil change from 8th Street Oil. That's the only reason they're here. Sam Wolpert, is, uh, he's going to be owed two Tomahawk stakes by the end of the year <laughs> at the rate he's going. Uh, that young man has a, a, a nice uh, assortment of, of takedowns that he's using, and he's scoring a lot of points. I did get a chance. Uh, I don't even remember who I was talking to. And uh, they were talking about the Belmont freshman this weekend. And uh, this gentleman said that it was, it was pretty obvious that, that of all the Belmont freshmen, this weekend proved that there was only one who was really, really ready for varsity action, and that was Sam Wolpert. And some of those, some of those freshmen had some eye-openers this week, and they've, they've got something to work on. But I think that's one thing we talk about tonight. Coach Myers is really happy with his schedule and the way it's set up. Belmont boys have learned a lot about each other and themselves, and they've only got two matches now between now and Mishawaka, and they've got a lot of practices. And we had a conversation with Tony Curry on Friday night about how few practices they have and how many matches they have between now and Team State. He was complaining they don't have consecutive days of practice from now until Christmas. He was trying to get a match in with Norwell, and Johnny said, let's do it on this night. And he said, no. He said, that puts me back-to-back on matches. And he said... I need two nights of consecutive practices instead of practice match, practice match, practice match. So from a Belmont perspective, I think Coach Myers is really excited about the next two weeks and what that brings for him as far as practice time and training and working on some of the things that didn't go so well on Friday and Saturday. And uh, we will see them again on Tuesday, of course, when they – wrestle at Snyder, and then they've got the big showdown with Adam Central right before Christmas. Why don't you tell us, Danny, we did uh, change our schedule a little bit. Why don't you uh, lay that out on what's really happening this week, what AJ and I thought was happening is not now. <laughs> so Tuesday we are going to cover the Belmont and Snyder match on the radio. So if you're unable to make it up to Snyder on Tuesday, you can tune in to us, or you can do both and show up in person and listen. On Wednesday, then, we will have uh, South Adams against Cowan. South Adams just six days away from that Final vote for the last team state spot in 1A. Uh, a good showing against Cowan will go a long ways to helping him reach that spot. They did pick up a nice scalp on Friday night by beating Bluffton, a team that's already in the 1A tournament. And then on Thursday, we will have Adam Central at Columbia City, and that allows us to bring you all three county schools this week, three nights back-to-back-to-back. And then on Saturday, we'll have the Yorktown duels, We'll have a nice showdown between Adam Central and Avon in the morning before we switch it on over to basketball. Yorktown at Yorktown? At Yorktown. They're going to let you in? Uh, well, that's still to be determined. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, have you gotten the uh, Pope's permission yet? <laughs> that's why Dane's going by himself, because I'm not going to stand out to the door and not get in, so Dane's going to go for the paper anyway. So. Call, it, call it looking through the window. <laughs> He's like, uh, you know, after Friday's matches... I said to, I believe I told my lovely bride, I said, there's not a team in the NE8 that can handle 
Belmont in a duel match. There's just no way. And uh, never have I been so incorrect in my life. Although some things happened on Saturday that if we were to wrestle those teams again, I think it could be different. But give credit to the conference, to the coaches, to the kids of the other schools. They didn't back down. They didn't say, oh, it's Belmont. We're going to, you know, we can't beat those guys. They're tough. They stepped up and, and got the job done. Well, I don't think we're going to kid ourselves. Belmont's got some weak spots, and they know it. I mean, they, they know they've got some solid kids, but where our good kids are good, our bad kids are just not that good, and there's enough holes there that teams can sneak in and, and steal a win from you. Well, injuries have played a part of that, yeah. Rex, and um, the fact is against Norwell, when two of our varsity wrestlers that hadn't won many matches all year both won at, at 13 and 20, it was like a gift from the gods. Those kids really came through, and it looked like we were in good position to win that duel, and then, then some bad stuff happened, and uh, we didn't wrestle Duke at 170, and uh, it just is what it is. But uh, the conference tournament now will decide who the conference champion is going to be. Yeah, Belmont's not going to win a whole lot of matches when they don't get any points from Austin Christner, Henry Kukulhan, and Duke Myers. No. And they didn't no. get any points, obviously, because of the injury. Uh, Austin wasn't able to score, but that was a, 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 it went a long ways to, to give Norwell a victory. Now, Let's talk a little bit before we go any farther. Austin is okay. Yep. We, Austin had a stinger, a concussion, and uh, he's going to be okay. He's going to continue his wrestling career, and baseball still looks good in the spring, so it's all good. We're all blessed. Uh, the scariest moment of my coaching career. Well, he, he's was. okay, AJ, because his mom and dad are here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> if, if he wasn't okay, they'd probably be someplace else. So they walk in there, have, they got a bucket here going, and uh, things are good, but... Uh, um, did we talk to Tim to see what Duke did? We were watching the match and the Leo match, and a kid shot him, and he just kind of went funny. Did he pull a muscle down here in his down in his thigh or someplace? Yeah, hip. hip or something? He I'm just not kinda... sure, and it probably could be related to the long-standing issues that he's had with his yeah. hips. But I don't. Uh, I talked to Tim this morning a little bit, and he and Duke are over in Columbus today, so I don't think it's. Okay. Uh, hopefully, it's not anything that's that's too bad. Whether or not we see him on Tuesday against Snyder, I don't know. But like I said, the nice thing that Belmont has now is, you know, some relative rest. You got your match on Tuesday against Snyder. You've got Adam Central right before Christmas, but um, a good two weeks to to get ready for that. So AJ, you got a live ad that uh, you like to read for the uh, folks that are. Still thinking about golf, even though it's cold and crappy outside? Well, it may be nasty enough to where we're not playing golf, but as real golfers, we never quit thinking about golf. And the downstairs, uh, Cross Creek Golf Club, they have got Christmas deals going on for the golfer in your life, whether it's a membership that you need or perhaps you want to buy a 10 play on the majority or on the big course, stop in. The Pro Shop will be open on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays from 10 until 2. And uh, that's going to be the case up until, I think, about the 20th, the last Wednesday before Christmas. That may be the 20th or the 21st. But from 10 till 2, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, you can stop in at the Pro Shop, pick up gift certificates. There's sweaters and shirts and outerwear. There's a lot of, a lot of beautiful clothes you can buy for the golfer or the family. And uh, you don't want to miss out because the, the deals are going on. They want to get rid of that merchandise before the first of the year. So it's Cross Creek Golf Club for everyone that's a golfer in your family. It wasn't that bad today. I mowed my yard, actually, just to suck up what? some leaves. Hmm. I got trees that are there's still dropping leaves. So there's I, something wrong with you. I mowed my yard today. but 
It all went well. Well, thank you, AJ, for that message. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by the head coach of the DeKalb Barons, who uh, were in action along with Belmont and Norwell this past weekend. We'll be right back after these messages. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. When faced with the difficult task of making arrangements for your loved one, many emotions and questions arise. What would they want me to do if they were here? Where is the money coming from? How much should I spend? Do they want burial or cremation? The staff at Haggard, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home can help you navigate these tough questions. Make your wishes known and allow us to make sure that your wishes are carried out. Call Ryan Hershey or Eric Zelt at 260-724-7167 to schedule an appointment today. DDD Maintenance and Repair, owned and operated by Shane Reynolds, has your local professionals for heavy-duty truck and diesel engine repair. DDD Maintenance and Repair also offers full-service sand and glass blasting for your surface restoration projects. Whether it's getting your heavy-duty truck and diesel engine running like new or sandblasting your project to look like new, we have a blast renewing the past. Give Shane and the guys a call at 260-223-5442. That's DDD Maintenance and Repair. High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, and uh, the food is always phenomenal tonight. I had a big bowl of chicken tortilla soup. Dane went with the pulled pork tacos. and uh, Three weeks in a row now. Looks like, looks like your the, dad and your aunt going with the uh, half order of nachos. Going with the nachos. Put them together, you get a full order, and it's still too much food. <laughs> but as always, food is good, drinks are cold, and uh, we're happy to be here at the Double Eagle took a week off last week it felt kind of weird you ended up coming anyways just because you well i came here for supper my wife goes i'm hungry so we came here for supper i did just you can't stay away from the place i guess Dan. well we're joined here for the first period by uh, with the head coach of the DeKalb barons mr tanner bowman why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your background in coaching and wrestling and and how you ended up the head coach at DeKalb? well uh, first off thanks for having me Pretty big deal. Come down to Belmont, wrestling right. country in northeast Indiana. Hey, hey, this is High School Wrestling Weekly. It's not associated with any school. <laughs> oh, I apologize. That, that, that's, <laughs> how, that's how we make everyone happy. Okay? Oh, that's I right. apologize. Yeah, that's we take swag from anybody. <laughs> okay. I got some extra. I'll ship on down. Okay. But, uh, no, I started wrestling in 2005. DeKalb uh, Middle School. Walked into a uh, 2005? I know. God, I'm kids old. these days. <laughs> Walked into a call-out. Had no clue what I was walking into. And. The guy sold me on it and went through the program and was fortunate enough to make the state tournament and decided to go coach at East Noble right out the gate. Under who was your uh, who was your head coach in high school? Jason Hunter. Okay. Yep. He's a good life coach and a good person. And then you ended up. Have. You said coaching at East Noble. Yep. Under Keith Hoffer, was there for three and a half years. Then went and finished my uh, degree. Came back home, coached a little bit here and there. Helped out at DeKalb for a year. Then uh, my job took me out to the region, so I just worked with individuals who wanted help. Whether they want head state aspirations or just to maybe make varsity. It was just fun to work with kids. And then came back home and Doug Smoker at Angola at the time gave me a call and talked about coming there. And then I went with them to Eastside. And then uh, this job to came open and 
some people called me about it, and Coach Smoker said, I think it's time for you to go out on your own. So I ended up going back home. Well, it sounds like you've got uh, a, a nice experience with some, some very veteran head coaches. You talk about Hunter and Hoffer and, and, um, and Smoker. Those are guys who have been around for decades and decades. Yeah. Uh, Hofer was at, it felt like East Noble for forever. He was just one of those guys that you knew his guys were going to be tough. Just kind of a hard-nosed coach and, and always seemed to have, have those types of kids in his lineup. Now, I, I think of Hofer as, as a different kind of coach. He seemed like one of those life coach guys, maybe not the most technically astute wrestling coach, but just a phenomenal friend and a good guy to have. I mean, I refereed for him for years and just just never seemed to get upset at officials and just always seemed like he was in the right state of mind. You know, the thing with uh, Coach Hoffer was, even though all the wrestlers, I, I was very fortunate to be a part of that rise at East Noble that really took off with the program, but all those successful wrestlers, they don't talk about him as a wrestling coach. They talk about him as Mr. Hoffer and the effect he had on him in the classroom. And the, I mean... Just a quick story on Coach Hoffer to kind of give you an idea of the kind of person he is. His, I think, had 40-plus years at East Noble. Could never get a window uh, classroom. So he took uh, chalk and drew a window. Couldn't get heat in there, so he drew four logs and a fire. <laughs> and that's just the kind of guy he was. And, I mean, if you can get that effect on kids and get their attention one way or another, I think that's what it's all about. He coached soccer there for quite a few years, too. Yes. His son was quite a soccer player. Towards, uh, towards the end of, of his time there, East Noble was at the very top. I mean, they were 3A Team State participants mm -hmm. um, when Team State first started, and they were just eight teams. Mm -hmm. uh, and East Noble was getting the spot for up here in our semi-state. Yep, um, behind Yorktown. They beat Belmont in a duel for the first time um, on a... 2012. Yeah, I, I remember that vividly. Um, and, and we're, we're really, really up there. So you were part of that, that team with, I, I as got, an assistant? Yep. I got to be a, I was a volunteer assistant. I helped out with the high school, the middle school, the youth and the high school youth. And it was a great experience. They had a lot of good, uh, that was an excellent staff. You had Andy Uhl on there. He was a four-time All-American national champion, uh, University of Finley. Uh, Bill Knapp was a Ohio State qualifier and wrestled at the University of Michigan for a little bit. Um, he was, uh, obviously Connor Knapp's dad. Um, and Hoffer, I mean, that's Ryan Pebble was, a uh, I think he was ranked fifth in state, wrestled at Northside, was a quality wrestler himself. So we were pretty fortunate. To, uh, I had a lot of brains to pick and never had a lack of knowledge to go now, to. For now I think AJ actually said, that, isn't Uhl back helping with um, Eastside, uh, East Noble again? I believe, I haven't talked to Andy in a while, but I do believe he's still running the Tough Wrestling Academy. Okay. Which uh, they've had a lot of success, and I think they're going on about a decade now of running that, which seems like they've always had good numbers. So. The sport is continuing to grow in uh, eastern Noble County. Now, you guys have had a pretty good schedule so far, looking at your results right now. Uh, a loss to Homestead, a loss to Garrett. Uh, I, I really like what I've seen from Homestead so far this year. I know I talked to Coach Oberlin a little bit earlier this week, and he was talking about how young his team is, but he really thinks that next year, two years down the road, they're going to be one of the top teams in our semi-state. Obviously, you... Uh, wrestled Columbia City, it looks like, at mm -hmm. Homestead also. But then yep. you guys went 4-3 and three yes. this weekend. Yep. You know, there, there really was a lot of parity in the NE8 this year. It was impressive. The dual meet scores, there was a couple times I looked down on the trying to follow all four mats, and it's like, that match is 37-36, <laughs> and there's one, there's one bout left. 
And really, uh, you know, I don't think there was a, a true basement dweller. I know Huntington North kind of struggled with – they had a couple of forfeits and what looked like a fairly young team. But, you know, they, they still won some matches against Belmont. I think they scored 24 or 30 points. Nate Elliott knocked off Henry Kukulhan. Yeah. He came into – exciting match. He was uh, 19-0 coming in, and then he loses to Norwell and then loses again to, to Huntington North. So definitely some quality individuals. Absolutely. Um, that I, go back to that Sam Wolpert. I I've heard you guys talk about him all year. Did no idea who he was. Didn't realize it. He was wrestling my 132 pounder, and my kid just went out there and fought. He's a brand new kid on varsity, first year, and you can just see the awareness of that kid because he had a cross wrist. And my kid came up, and I could just see what was getting ready to happen. And Coach Myers, so I heard him say, "Go for it," and pulled that wrist, tucked the elbow. Quick two near fall, got that extra decision point. I mean, that's self-awareness that you he know, has, scored, he has scored a lot of points so far this year. In that's a little matches. influence from Kyle Lawson. That was Lawson's big uh, roll-through mm -hmm. tilt for numerous points. But uh, it's uh, something you just got to feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And it's so cool to see uh, a kid come in as a freshman and, and sort of have some expectations but to sort of live up to it at the start of the year and, and score some points and, and pick up some takedowns and – and sort of make a name for himself in the first three weeks of the season. And I think Sam's done that. You know, some of those, some kids, when they come out the, the first time they wrestle varsity, don't seem like they're really ready to go. But he seems to have a lot of mat awareness, very confident. He comes out, he knows what he's going to do. He's got multiple takedowns, and, and he'll take you down. And, uh, you know, I thought he had 12. I went back and recounted. Uh, he scored 22 points, so he couldn't have 12 takedowns. But he had 11 <laughs> takedowns, and uh, he's going to be the uh, – person that gets a lucky audience member the uh, free oil change from 8th Street Oil tonight. His most impressive match I thought was against Norwell in that Connor Dryband. Um, Dryband was up early took him down a couple times. I think Sam might have been on his back at one point but Sam battled back and ended up beating him 10-7 and that was a really key bout as Belmont knew that they were in a dog fight. Um, I think the rest of the team probably knew that Duke wasn't going to be wrestling and so it was going to be even tighter than it was um, but yeah, that's Seen some really good things from, from Sam. You know, we need to get uh, Thomas back in the lineup. Uh, he's been out with a concussion, and uh, we get Chandler back in, and that's another young, uh, I mean, he's a 10th grader, but uh, another young kid that seems to have a lot of poise. And I've been really impressed with uh, Xavier Palacios as well, who comes out and doesn't wrestle like a first-year freshman at, at 160. I mean, he's a little bit light for 60. I think that's probably his problem. But uh, you get, you know, Davis at 52, so either goes 45 to get down to there, but uh, I think 60 is a little bit big for him, but I think he's wrestled very well, and he's, he wrestled very confident as well. And I'm sure you can speak to this coach. I mean, coming in as a freshman at 160 pounds, it's it's a whole different ball game, even from just 132. That's a man's weight class. Yeah. I mean, you get above, you really get above 126, 132, you're in a man's weight class, and for a freshman to come out, I mean, I Mike's, mine's a sophomore that went undefeated this weekend at 160, and by far the best match he had was against Xavier, and that would have my money for the final match at the NE8 tournament. And it's ironic because they're both historically, from their family background, two Belmont wrestlers. I was going to say, now, <laughs> tell us a little bit about your 160-pounder because uh, I saw a familiar face in the, in the stands. His father is Neil Blythe, who went to Belmont, uh -huh. which I found that out a couple days ago. And do you know who his grandpa is? Uh, we were kind of talking about it, but I'm not really 100% sure. AJ was thinking, we don't think it's Bob. We think Bob. And, What's and, the other one's name? Sam? I can't think of what their names are. But I saw him, and I, I knew that it was. And I thought, what is he doing here? I don't usually see, see him in an away meet. And then I saw the name on the, on the program, and I thought, oh, that's why he's here. Hey, so. 
since Renee gave that information. Guess yeah. Who, guess who just won the Renee Eighth just won a, won a free oil change from 8th Street Oil. There you go. How about that? <laughs> Must be present to win, so remember that, kid. <laughs> That's right. We'll get you your certificate here in a little bit. So, Coach, before we uh, go to our next break, tell us a little bit about what you have left in your schedule and what your outlook is for the rest of the year. Well, we've got a pretty long break coming up. We have uh, about two weeks until we go to the Defiance Border Wars, and there we'll see some good competition over there. Uh, Wauseon was the team champion last year. They're one of the top 2A teams in the state of Ohio. They uh, pretty much ran away with Defiance last year, and we're hoping to – Hoping we've got, we have a young team, but we're hoping we can get over there and get a good measuring stick of where we're at to come back. And uh, then we'll have the New Haven uh, Bill Kerbal Classic or Invitational, and we'll see how Team State turns out, but we're prepared either way. Then we have the Garrett Invitational, so we can kind of measure where we were against uh, Garrett, hopefully, when, uh, or get compared to when we started the season. Then we go into conference and... Then it's tournament time, and it's all about fun. Now, since we're talking about conference, we'll get your opinion because we ask everybody this question. Are you a proponent or an opponent of the giant inflatable eagle? <laughs> well, you know, I never heard of it before. I hadn't heard of it yet, but uh, it's one of the first things they talked about when I got there. <laughs> we were getting senior photos around. Was my 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 senior Braxton Miller at forty five goes, Coach? This is the picture I want. This is me running out of the Eagles butt last year at uh, the conference championships. I was like, yeah. the what? <laughs> yeah. We, we, on the air, referred to it as the big turkey. But it, <laughs> I like it, that. It, it's, it's an eagle. We'll give Blaine a hard time about it. But uh, Now, you got a live read there, Dane, do you? Uh, let's see. Team Mantra. Man, Team Mantra has been producing all kinds of T-shirts for Adams County. Um, I, I think you purchased a Coach Gunsett shirt from I Team I missed out. Team I did. Oh, you I missed did. out on it. Well, the I'm waiting for the next order okay. if there is. But uh, we can talk a little bit when we come back on the, on the next segment about uh, okay. what you were able to do with Coach Gunsett and, yep. and, and what happened with him this weekend. But Team Mantra Wear is the place to go for Team Apparel. You put the uh, order in. They do the design work for you. You approve it, and they set up the online store, and they take care of all the payments, all of the packaging, all of the sorting. They put it in nice little bags with little labels on them, and you come and pick it up, or they'll even deliver it to you, and it takes all of that work that you that you used to do and, and gets rid of it. And we've used them for all kinds of stuff, and tell you what, <laughs> he, he loves showing that shirt off. It's quality. I, I, as much money as I spent on these shirts, <laughs> you're going to have to show I, it off. i got to show it off. So, hey, Dane, don't forget, uh, sometime in tonight's show, since we didn't have a show last week, I went up to the Coaches Association uh, meeting and uh, – had an interview with the, with, the, with the commission. I got a, I got about a six-minute commer- interview here with the commission. We'll perfect that. for so, the second period. So that send that back to the studio. Steve Rouse run the board for us and back with uh, the second period here on Hagrid Hershey's Eld High School Wrestling Weekly. Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur is hands down the best auto body repair shop in the Midwest. That's why your friends and neighbors give Bowers Paint Studio a five-star rating on Facebook. Your family ride get dinged in an accident? Take it to Bowers for a free estimate. Need a custom paint job for your collectible car or motorcycle? Bowers Paint Studio is the place to go. Nate works with all the insurance companies and can help you get a loaner. That's Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. 
Come on, guys. It's where your friends shop. Decatur Package Liquors, with the best service and variety in town, now with locations in Monroe, Byrne, and Markle. Hi, it's Jesse from Heller Nursery. If you've never been to our greenhouses, now is the time to come. We grow over 4,000 poinsettias, and it's a sight worth seeing. Heller Nursery also cuts fresh greens and makes wreaths daily for the Christmas season. Heller Nursery has a great selection of houseplants and pottery all winter long. Houseplants and gift cards make great Christmas gifts. Heller Nursery is located outside of Decatur, just off of 224. Just follow the signs. Heller Nursery opens seven days a week. Welcome back to Hagger Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle. Once again, we're live here from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill with a huge audience in-house tonight. Looks like the uh, go-to is uh, pulled pork tacos, uh, half orders and nachos. You, Jim, did you go with the pulled pork nachos? Beef. 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 My, my, my go-to is the beef, uh, is the pulled pork nachos. Do them dirty. All right, Spence is chowing down on some wings over there. He's, he's liking it. He's got, he's got, he's, he can never he's, go wrong with Todd. He's got that beard for the flavor saver in there. Well, Hawaii, we have uh, the coach here with us. We'll talk a little bit about Coach Gunsett. And uh, Paul was in the house and in the coach's chair midway through the day on Saturday. Just quite a turnaround from where he was just two or three weeks ago. And uh, I had a chance to talk to Paul for a little bit. And uh, he said he was tired. But he said that uh, his scar on his head was healing and that the stitches had come out. And that was the first signal for being able to move on to the radiation part of his treatment. And that will begin here in just another week. And he'll be going down to Indianapolis pretty regularly to, to take care of that. And, uh, you know, he was the same old Paul, a little, little, little bit slower and, and a little bit uh, tired. But he was still sharp. And props to the DeKalb Barons as uh, they show up and. Uh, Coach, if you want to talk about that, I've got one of these Gunsett Strong wristbands on, and uh, I, saw, I saw some of the kids were wearing some of the, the Gunsett Strong uh, old-school 70s basketball headbands on, too. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what uh, you did for the Gunsets? You know, uh, Belmont has always been the standard around here, with something that always people chase. But the thing we did as kids, we would always remember that the joke was what I told you earlier that how can you compete with a team that has five state champs as coaches? And these, these guys who seem to be bigger than life when you're a teenager and you just hear stories about how they were from your coaches, they are, they've always been so respectful and so kind to all of us, especially kids who just, you know, didn't, maybe didn't have the opportunity that a lot of, uh, let's say past Belmont wrestlers did. And they've always been so kind and courteous to us. They've always shaken our hands, told us good luck always just been polite and gracious and everywhere we've competed whether I was whatever school I was at Tim Paul Farote have just always been phenomenal so we wanted to do something a little bit different along the lines of instead of just giving a check we wanted to do something that was putting awareness out there so maybe people just even even an extra thought about them can go a long way so I thought of thought about the old live strong bracelet and it's simple, basic, to the point, and I kind of I messaged you about uh, possibly a logo, and that's kind of how this all got started, and then we got the bracelets out, and then uh, the headband, we just thought it was uh, basically a big billboard, I mean, and plus uh, a bunch of kids started asking about it, so we're going to have to make another batch and start handing them more out to the NE8. 
And uh, they basically just donated those. And as uh, Mary had uh, her uh, little elves going around through the crowd and selling them. And, and uh, she, as she said on the radio, we interviewed her after the thing. And she said they gave her four ginormous bags of wrist brands. And uh, the girls were selling them. And I, I don't know how many were left at the end of the night, but I think they sold a good portion of them. And I think they got texts from their friends and said, don't sell them all, bring them to school, because the school kids wanted them as well. So it was, a, it was kind of a great uh, little personal touch, classic touch that uh, your team brought to the tournament Saturday. Yeah, we're going to have another batch coming. For uh, I told Coach Myers when they said that they were uh, going quick that we're going to have to give them another round so that way you can take them to Al Smith and distribute them there because I think you can get a couple distributed out there. Just for sure, for yeah. sure. Paul was a, a three-time Al Smith champ when he was in high school and then, of course, coached uh, and has been coaching for a long time as Belmont's been part of there. So a lot of guys up there know him really, really well. I know just from going to a couple seating meetings and sitting alongside him, um, you know, he knows every coach that's there, the other 31 teams. So I did, you know, Coach Myers said something that I thought was pretty profound. Um, he talked about how uh, earlier this week, he talked about the fact that uh, he, he doesn't really like a bunch of super duels and wrestling, you know, five, five matches every Saturday. And yeah. that's not really the way the sport should have gone, but it has. But he said that the, the conference duels are different. And he said they're different because you have such camaraderie with the other teams in your conference. And, and it's, for the most part, it's a historical conference. We still mm -hmm. kind of view Leo and Huntington North as outsiders, in my opinion. But, um, you know, I, I think what you're talking about, the level of respect that you had for Coach Gunsett and for Belmont, like that develops over time when you're part of a conference. And it made this weekend kind of special because, yeah, there was a lot of parity. And at the end, you know, it was kind of fun to see who was going to end up with the 7-0 and record. And there for a while it looked like there were going to be three teams that were 6-1 and or yeah. four teams that were 5-2. and two. But I, I really enjoyed this weekend. It was the first time that the NEA had ever done it. Mm -hmm. We had some experience with it in the ACAC. But uh, I, I would say it was a big success. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was not an advocate of it. I was like, this takes away epic weekday dual meets that we have. Now we got to go find other people outside of our conference, which in my opinion, our conference is the best conference around in Northeast Indiana as far as depth. And I think this weekend showed it, but the level of excitement that it brought for everybody, because I don't know how many times kids would run up to me when I was sitting in the chair and they were like, coach, we don't know what's going on with East Noble and Belmont right now. And I was <laughs> like, wait, what? Cause that's just not something you're used to hearing. Mm -hmm. And then everybody's gathered around the Norwell Belmont, Matt, Besides the unfortunate mishap, the level of excitement that was going on during that dual meet was it kind of reminded me of the old days of what we need is I remember when I was a kid, we, when New Haven used to host the NHC tournament, you'd have Bill Kerbel writing on, a, on an overhead projector with a wet erase marker and <laughs> yeah. it was on the wall. Probably next year, whoever hosts it needs to do a better job of, of posting and, and, and talking yeah. and having a PA announcer yes. saying after round three, Belmont is 3-0. and Norwell is 3-0. and that, that probably could have been better. Exactly. To be real honest, they probably ought to put it on track yeah. because there were, there were a lot of questions about who's yes. wrestling who and who won and what's the score, and that would help a lot. Now, the gymnasium at Huntington North is a perfect place to have it. It was Absolutely. ideal. The size is perfect. AJ and I like it because it's a great place to broadcast from because you can see every mat from one corner, and mm -hmm. you, you set up, you do every match, and it's not like – there's, a, there's not a bad seat in the house, and I think that's a, a good thing to do. So, um, Dane, you got a live read for this section? Um, what is my live read? Oh, 8th Street Oil. Yeah. We already handed out our free oil change. 
Um, take your car over to Johnny on 8th Street, and he will take care of it. I've had Johnny doing brake work, uh, oil changes, tire repair. He does it all. He's got a nice little lobby in there that you can sit and hang out. Uh, I know I've had times where I've said, hey, I need this done, and he's dropped my car off back at school when, when everything's done. He's a big supporter of wrestling in Adams County. And even though he's a Buccaneers fan, if he's listening, um, he, he's, he's got a, a, a kid who's into uh, wrestling now at Decatur Wrestling Club too. So he's, so, he's in there. You're going to fire us up here? Yep. So, Dane, uh, last Monday night I went to the uh, Indiana – let's see, what is it? It's uh, Indiana Area Coaches Association uh, – Official Association as they hosted a coaches meeting. And I was there and I was able to uh, interview the commissioner about some stuff about wrestling. And we're going to have that. Interview and we'll go into our next commercial right after this. The staff at Haggard, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home is honored to serve the community we love and live in. Locally owned and operated by Ryan Hershey and Eric Zelt, we understand that each family we serve and each life lived tells a unique story. Our goal is to offer comfort, care and dignity to all who entrust their loved ones to our care. We are proud to call Adams County our home and look forward to serving you for generations to come. Uh, because of this event, uh, 10 years, the number of officials from Fort Wayne working the state finals uh, has exploded. And I think uh, the, the biggest piece of it is there's a lot more understanding uh, between coaches and officials about how officials do what they do uh, and then the coaches are, are a little bit more um, adept at explaining and, and getting to officials uh, for clarification. Uh, and that has helped them teach and, and coach differently, uh, and we couldn't ask for more. Uh, but perhaps the biggest thing out of all this uh, has been uh, the just incredible sportsmanship uh, displayed by coaches and wrestlers um, because of these non-competitive interactions with officials. Uh, I know that uh, as an official coming out of the Fort Wayne area back in the day, back in the mid-90s, it seemed like it was tough for guys away from the state capital to get a fair shake, to get in those numbers. And I, I think that uh, the playing field's kind of been evened over the last few years. Absolutely, even. I think uh, a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, coaches now realize that their votes matter. Uh, and if they don't vote for the guys that they see all the time, those guys are not going to have the number of votes and the, the quality of votes to get them to the state level. Now, I do know that uh, we had uh, uh, Tyrone Wilson on our show earlier this year, and he mentioned something that I did not realize that was in place, that you have a new mentoring program to help young officials uh, make their way into the, the sport. Uh, could you touch on that a little bit? Absolutely. And, and this came from the officials themselves. Um, one of the things that they noticed was that we can get all the new officials we want, but if there's nobody looking after them, if there's no one to help them say, hey, you're going to make a mistake here, it's okay. You're going to make a mistake there, it's okay. Uh, just someone to follow behind them and say, keep working at it. Uh, a lot of times, uh, newer officials get discouraged because they think what they're going through is unique. And, you know, when, when you have a Jimmy Russell or a Chuck Barnett or even a Tyrone says to the hey, look, I made those same mistakes. Don't worry about it. It's not going to cost you. Just don't make them again and again and again and get better. Uh, I think that says more uh, to, to, to a, a newer official than anything else we can do with our literature from the IHSA. I think that personal touch is tremendous. 
uh, we, Dane and I, both uh, appreciate your support of our show, and uh, we always want to have that opportunity to let you know that if there's anything out about the state, uh, we kind of get the word out a little bit, and if there's anything that you want to get out to these coaches or other uh, wrestling fans throughout the state, uh, please use our platform to help get that out to the media. Sure, and, and I, I certainly appreciate you guys looking out for me, and I uh, look forward to talking to you guys at the state finals and uh, uh, and in the in the preseason events like this. So, uh, again, if you if anything comes up on your show, or a wrestler, or a coach, or a parent has a question, you guys know how to get in touch with me, and I'll give you the direct answer. So, and and also, you are one of two people who own one of these uh, privileged uh, high school wrestling weekly T-shirts with Dana and I's face on it, south of uh, Portland, Indiana, but. Uh, <laughs> Because <laughs> we did put you on it now. Uh, you are the commissioner for football, and you, you had a great football season. We were down covering Adam Central for the 1A state finals. And I just wanted to uh, compliment you on the wonderful job that the Colts organization put together with the pregame interviews and the pomp and circumstance to get those games put out. I just thought it was very well done. And I think the kids really appreciate that time that they uh, get down there in, in Lucas Oil. Well, and much like all of our state championship, we, we, we want this to be a, a, a life-long experience for them. There's something that they'll remember forever. And, and the little things are the kinds of things that make it important. You mentioned the things that the Colts do. You mentioned how, you know, it's a lot of work. Uh, we've already started on plans for next year. And uh, we want each one of our uh, state finals to be a, an event, an experience for the kids. You know what it's like to come to wrestling and how we, I mean, those kids are, I mean, it was a great experience. You get the bag tags, they get the run of the place, um, and then if you're fortunate enough to wrestle for first and second place, being under the lights, nobody on the mat but you and your opponent, 12,000 people, uh, what a great experience. And, and we, we, we certainly work very hard to, to make sure that happens. Um, and, and, you know, we're, all of us are often, we're, we're all educators. We understand uh, you know, how it is for a kid in high school to, to want to be able to show how well they can do something, and we want to give them that experience. Now, you know, on our show, we always ask the tough questions, and I'm not going to let you off the hook because first and foremost, I'm going to ask, was Jason Willie in charge of the food for the hospitality room for the football state finals? Because, you know, I was, you know, I'm one of those food guys. This, the volleyball state championship, fantastic food. Wrestling, you take care of us. Football, Come on, Kamish, we had Jack's Pizza in the roundabout underneath the, underneath the light bulb. We couldn't get a deal on, like, some DiGiorno's or something. <laughs> Come on. Uh, you know, if you guys knew how much we spent on food at, at the state finals, <laughs> it is ridiculous. It is. You know, I'd like to have that in salary, <laughs> to be honest. Man, it, you know, and, and, and all kidding aside, we, we, really, we really felt badly um, that we had to cut out someplace. <laughs> Um, but the cost of, of, business, of doing business at Lucas Oil is not cheap anymore, and uh, uh, and uh, and that's uh, unfortunately you were you guys suffered the most. <laughs> if nothing else, you know I just like to give you a hard time, but for for the most part, we do appreciate that take the time to uh, call in on our show numerous times, and uh, I, d I do appreciate the time that uh, you spend with us, so I appreciate it, and uh, uh, thanks for coming to Fort Wayne for this tonight. Maybe next year we'll get the fried chicken back. <laughs> well, I'll just, I'll, just take my, I'll just take my extra food out of wrestling state finals instead of football, we'll tell it that. So We're going to take care of the wrestling. That's been a commissioner for the ITSWA River Falcons. We'll be back with more coaches right after this. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. 
We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Come on, guys. It's where your friends shop. Decatur Package Liquors, with the best service and variety in town, now with locations in Monroe, Burn, and Markle. Brad Weber proudly supports the WZBD Wrestling Coaches Show. He also supports youth football in Adams County as a board member of the Decatur Football League and president of Belmont Cadet Football, giving our youth the chance to learn the great game of football. Some of the best football players in our area have also been fantastic wrestlers. That's why famous coaches like Joe Gibbs and John Madden always wanted wrestlers on their team. Find out more about youth football opportunities by giving Brad a call at 452-7045 or email bw at bradweberlaw.com. DDD Maintenance and Repair, owned and operated by Shane Reynolds, has your local professionals for heavy-duty truck and diesel engine repair. DDD Maintenance and Repair also offers full-service sand and glass blasting for your surface restoration projects. Whether it's getting your heavy-duty truck and diesel engine running like new or sandblasting your project to look like new, we have a blast renewing the past. Give Shane and the guys a call at 260-223-5442. That's DDD Maintenance and Repair. Welcome back to Hager Hershey's Hill High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle. Once again, live from Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And for the third period, we're still joined by the coach of the DeKalb Barons. And, uh, Dane, what else you got in store for us during this segment? Well, I want to just briefly review for those that weren't able to. I know we talked about the fact that the tournaments this weekend were not on track wrestling. So we're going to give you a quick rundown here of the local scores from both conference duels. Belmont defeated Columbia City 57-15 to on Friday night, and they beat New Haven 53-30. to New Haven will be wrestling Adam Central on Tuesday. Uh, a good one in that bout was, or in that match was Easton Doster and Sam Wolpert. Doster, I don't think had wrestled in coming into this weekend and obviously looked pretty good. He's one of the top wrestlers in the conference. Over at Adam Central, we broadcast Jay County beating Adam Central 50 to 19 and South Adams knocking off Bluffton 51 to 24. You can't skim over it that fast. That Jay County team is tough. Yeah. They are, they well deserve that number one ranking in 1A. And Coach Myers has done a lot of things to get that team where it needs to be, and he is solid from top to bottom. Yeah, they ran through the tournament pretty easily and ended up 6-0 and and uh, are well on their way to being the number one seed. Now, I do believe that they wrestle Norwell on Tuesday, if I remember right. I saw Eric texted our group chat that it was the ACAC champ against the NE8 champ on, on Tuesday. So South Adams beat Woodland then 57-24. On Friday night and then on Saturday morning as I scroll through my other stories that go in the paper this week uh, East Noble beat Belmont 37-37 technically 38-37 uh, East Noble had one more tech fall than Belmont had um, I think that the short summary of that one is you can't give up four pins and two tech falls and expect to beat a good team and that's what Belmont did so that's where that was Belmont came back and beat Leo 63 to 9 Beat DeKalb 46-33. Final score of that Norwell match was 36-27. And they finished off the day with a win over Huntington North 54-21. Adams Central defeated Southern Wells 83-0. Jay <coughs> County beat South Adams 67-12. I did want to point out there was one match that I thought um, 
Let's see. South Adams picked up wins uh, from Silas Loshi at 160 pounds and Maverick Somerset at 170 pounds. Both of them were falls. So Jay County wins 12 of the 14 bouts there. AC beats Heritage 82 to nothing. Um, Zach Worm pinned Parker Hennessy. That was a good match for him at, at heavyweight. What about Bluffton? That's cruising. Um, that was 4-0. Cruz beat, mm. beat Worm. Adam Central beats South Adams 46-30. to 30. Um, Some highlights from that one. Wyatt McAfee got the better of Luke Ballman 5-0. Um, I'm trying to look at what else might be a surprise. Maverick Dubok beat Dakota Sprunger 12-0. And I think the, the biggest surprise in that match, Logan Allman beat Isaiah Meyer, the freshman from South Adams, 6-4. to four. Um, uh, We talked to Coach Curry about Allman's um, conditioning and lack of, of practice time with quality opponents. And those of you who have only seen Juan Cruz in football gear, when you see him in a wrestling singlet, it looks like he has football gear on. He is a man. He is solid. I mean, Worms every bit of 280. I mean, he's he's solid and no no – you know, a little loose on him anyway, and Cruz is the same way. Cruz is solid. I, I don't know how he makes 285. So South Adams beats Heritage 64 to 9, and then as you were saying, the, the match between, yes, it was 4 to nothing. Cruz over Worm. Adams Central beats Bluffton 48 to 21. Um, I'm trying to look at what are the other highlights of those. Uh, Coach was talking about how impressive he finds Gavin Cook. He has a win over Caden Simpson, 2 minutes and 56 seconds. Um, Adam Central still has some work to do on getting their lineup where they want it, but I know we talked to Coach Curry, and he's confident that they're going to get there. And then the final match, South Adams beats Southern Wills 63-12. to Dane, do you have a read for this segment? That's a good question, Rex. It is the third period, and I skipped over our second period live spot, and that is for the Fort Wrestling Facility. And Coach Oberlin, you know, since he's been at Homestead, he's on exile from the, from the <laughs> NE8. Um, we don't get to see him, but I, I did c- talk to Coach Oberlin last week talking about his Homestead team, and I am excited to tell you that we are going to be able to broadcast the Homestead match when they wrestle Adam Central because Bluffton has, well, I don't know what the right terminology is, but they decided just, not to wrestle. the short, short story is Adam, or, uh, Belmont and Bluffton will not be wrestling on January 3rd, and instead Belmont's going to be wrestling Muncie Central, but we don't have a date for that yet. So right now... Uh, no matter what the date, I think we're going to pick up Adam Central and Homestead on Tuesday, January 3rd. And so we'll be able to bring you Coach Oberlin's team against Coach Curry's team. And, Coach, I don't know if, if you have much experience with uh, what happens over there at the, at the fort. I do. I've known Coach Oberlin for a long time. He was actually one of my first club coaches at DeKalb High School. And uh, a lot of people talk about what – and this has been Coach Oberlin's vision for a long time has been uh, trying to make Northeast Indiana what it used to be. But I think one thing that people forget – is what he's giving to that community because wrestling in Fort Wayne is not, it's not easily accessible like a basketball court is. And I think Coach Oberlin has done that. He's given young kids who have no other outlet a path to take to a better, let's call it, I mean, to a better life, to a better future. And I think what he's going to do with that, not just for the wrestling community, but more importantly for the community itself, is going to be far and above everything else so it's if you're a dad you can drop your kid off at the wrestling thing and you just go to break and run and shoot some pool yeah and yeah throw some darts and yeah there you go <laughs> it really is a it's a mom and pop atmosphere at some point though because you know you come in you bring your kid i know when i when i brought my son you know 
Andy's wife's one taking registration and she's working the counter and, mm-hmm. and, and, and she's the one probably cleaning. Maybe Andy cleans the toilets. I don't know which one, but um, it's a, it's a cool thing to be a part of. And a lot of people are really excited about it. And we're certainly uh, happy to have them on as one of our sponsors. So Dane, to finish off this segment, we did get another interview and uh, you and I is a good friend uh, who pays close attention to the seatings. And you'll hear in this interview from uh, coach, Iron Bears Meyer that uh, he feels that he needs to uh, be ranked a little bit higher. But you'll hear in this interview that I had with him at the Coach Association meeting last Monday night. I'm here with uh, Coach uh, Gary Iron Bears Meyer as we're going to talk a little bit about girls wrestling at the meeting tonight. Uh, Coach, I heard a number tonight that kind of staggered me. I had no idea that it was that high. But uh, you and the commission were talking and said that there's somewhere between 800 and 900 girls registered in the state of Indiana to wrestle this year. Is, is that a fact? Yeah, so it's hard to imagine. Every tournament has about 200 girls, but every weekend there's two or three tournaments going on at once. And so on the 14th, I'm going to collect every one of these girls' registration and get a correct count on the 14th. And I, and I should be around eight, 900 girls. Now, uh, we, we had one of the coaches ask Robert here about uh, – how far away it is and you know i think it was a pipe dream years ago and we didn't think it ever going to be there we've got him dialed in within two years we've got him dialed in within two years and i i mean on dane and i on our show we pushed him hard the last couple of years and i think we've we've got him thinking about it and i think the effort that you guys have put to to get him there has gotten to the point where we're, the light is at the end of the tunnel oh it's there i mean I just need to push through this year. People don't understand. The numbers would have been higher, but I've been fighting COVID for two years, and it has having had parents that go, I'm not sending my daughter to the tournament. I tell you now, with no COVID in front of me, there is no end in sight, and nobody can stop the numbers. Nobody. Now, have you heard from some of the coaches that uh, the girls are more involved because they know that now it's an emerging sport and that they're not going to go through the boys' tournament if they wish not to and they just want to wrestle girls? Is, is that the big push that's made it go from 87 girls a few years ago to 800 now? Okay, so I think a little bit of that is true and a little bit of it is not true. The girls were raising. I'm just telling you, we got stopped at COVID dead cold. But it when you, put the, when you put the IHSAA's name in front of anything, it legitimizes what you're doing. It shows that what you're doing is going to happen. It's legitimate. Uh, and the girls get actual IHSAA state titles. And not every girl is made to swim, play basketball, whatever. But some of these girls are made to be wrestlers. And um, it doesn't hurt with the IHSAA on our side. It definitely doesn't hurt. I know that uh, Dan and I, the last two years, have supported you know the girls' state finals and the uh, I was so impressed last year with Kogomo and how they ran it that uh, it has mirrored the boys' state finals to the point where I think each year it gets better and better. And I think people need to get out and watch the girls' state finals and understand how technically skilled some of these girls really are. Hey, listen, Mooresville High School, we've got a lot of things planned. we got fire. we got smoke. we got lasers for the girls to come out for the finals. We also, they built a new... Uh, It'll be a spotlight finals match. They've got to build a new thing, arena up there, and they got all these lights, and uh, it will be second to none. Second to none. It'll be, it will be awesome this year. We'll have everything right. Here, what's, what's the date on that this year? So people are marking our calendars. So January 13th, the state finals, Mooresville High School. Action starts at 11 a.m. Finals around 6 And uh, Dane, uh, when you hear this, you're going to hear that uh, Gary said, He's coming to our reveal show for the team duels because he thinks he needs to be a higher ranking. Yeah, I got to be higher ranking. I'm number one in the state. I'm bringing eight coaches with me to that reveal. 
I've never done it before, but this is the team that's going to win. I got eight college wrestlers in my wrestling room every day, pounding on these guys, making stone appear, right? Shape stone, winners. We're going to win it all. You're to hear first, Western. Thanks a lot, Coach Gary Myers. This is uh, been from the Coaches Association meeting here in Fort Wayne. Well, after that interview, let's send it back to Stuart for a round of commercials and back with the uh, overtime period right after this on Hager Hershey's Eld High School Wrestling Weekly. When faced with the difficult task of making arrangements for your loved one, many emotions and questions arise. What would they want me to do if they were here? Where is the money coming from? How much should I spend? Do they want burial or cremation? The staff at Haggard, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home can help you navigate these tough questions. Make your wishes known and allow us to make sure that your wishes are carried out. Call Ryan Hershey or Eric Zelt at 260-724-7167 to schedule an appointment today. Hi, it's Jesse from Heller Nursery. If you've never been to our greenhouses, now is the time to come. We grow over 4,000 poinsettias and it's a sight worth seeing. Heller Nursery also cuts fresh greens and makes wreaths daily for the Christmas season. Heller Nursery has a great selection of houseplants and pottery all winter long. Houseplants and gift cards make great Christmas gifts. Heller Nursery is located outside of Decatur, just off of 224. Just follow the signs. Heller Nursery opens seven days a week. Welcome back to Hanger Hershey's Eld High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle. Once again, we're live from Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Tonight, I went with the tortilla soup, chicken tortilla soup. It was phenomenal with some... Uh, You're slowly becoming a soup guy. My wife's a soup person. We come here at least once or twice a week. Jason has four soups on the menu tonight. The other night, she had some soup. It was rusted, rusted vegetable soup. I don't, I don't know what that was, but it had like a bunch of root vegetables in it and stuff. You, you didn't know what it was, but you were going to eat it because I, everything that's here is good. I didn't eat it. My wife did, but that's good. Well, Rex, we're having a blast here on the show. It's been nice to, to be back after taking a week off, and uh, Coach Bowman's just over here giving us all kinds of compliments about how he's going to come back. And we do want to tell you that next week on our show, on Sunday, the 18th, we will reveal to you the four teams who get the final golden ticket into the team state event. We will uh, tell you who gets in at 4A and 3A and 2A and 1A. And, you know, everything that's happened this week in the, in the wrestling world reminds me just how awesome the team state tournament has become. There are, I get so many emails and texts and, and, and voicemails of all kinds of people. Sucking up. <laughs> Mostly. Some people complaining. Um, they want in, and there's a reason that they want in. It's not just because, you know, the, the food's good in the hospitality room, um, and it's not even uh, all that convenient to wrestle in. I mean, if you're from up here and you want to get into the, the 1A tournament, that means you've got a, a four-hour drive down south uh, to get there. But, you know, teams want to be in this tournament, and uh, we're, we're happy to, to play a role in that. The vote will take place in the early evening on Sunday. And uh, we will. We have everybody on the committee sworn to secrecy so that we have exclusive uh, broadcast rights. And I get to go to Jay County for like the fifth time in a season. So. Yes, yeah, so you might as well just open up a tab at the hotel there across the street. Um, and then on December 18th, and that's our show. And then we will not have a show on December 25th because why is that? That's Christmas. And I tried to talk to the boss and say, listen, some things are more important, but he didn't listen. <laughs> 
So we will bring you a show live from the uh, from the Al Smith Tournament at Mishawaka, which we are always excited to do. That will be on Thursday morning on the 29th at 9 a.m. And then uh, that will be as we anticipate the beginning of the tournament. It's a great time. Uh, everybody's got to show up and make weight, and then they've got to go through, and they've got to rework the brackets. And typically, at least last year when we did it, we started our show at 9. We went off the air at 10, and wrestling was begun about 10, 15. So it was perfect for us. And then we will have our show, and Rex, I think we can say we've got it figured out now. We are going to have our show for the bracket reveal on New Year's Day. Yep, Gen 1. So Purdue football kind of threw a wrench into our plans, which was going to be January 2nd. But you will be able to listen uh, live or be here in person out in the pavilion. And you <laughs> Yeah, will Gary, it. don't threaten us. You threaten <laughs> to be here, you better be here. That's right. So that's January 1st. Hopefully you don't have any plans on New Year's Day. Start 2023 with us, Gary, if you're listening right now. And that'll be a two-hour show like it usually is, as we have a regular show and then we have the bracket reveal and we go through all of the rigmarole of, of putting the brackets up and uh, Y2 will be here to help us out with that. And it's going to be a good time. Yeah, always a, always a good time. And uh, are, we're having that out in the pavilion? That is the... That, so that, that means high schoolers available to uh, be there that night. I mean, that's we're, what, that's we're what not we did. at a bar. So. That's what we did when we did it the, the first time, the very yeah. first year, too. So, Yeah, so uh, a reminder of our schedule this week. Like I said, on Tuesday, we will have Belmont and Snyder. On Wednesday, we'll have Cowan and South Adams. Be good to see Coach Abbott on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we've got Adam Central in Columbia City. And then Saturday, we'll have the Yorktown Duels. We will have uh, our pre-match content while Adam Central's wrestling Covington. And then um, we will prep you for the Adam Central versus Avon match, and we'll take you through that. And then after that, I believe we have to switch over to the Colts because the Colts have been chosen for the early game on Saturday. They have a 1 o'clock kickoff. Purdue basketball after that. So, Dane, do I do like those parents who have kids playing on two college teams? Do I take that Starfire shirt and cut it in half and sew it together with my Cowan Blackhawk shirt? <laughs> yes, you should. Yeah. I'd like to see you try that. No. Um, and then, so, then obviously, next week we have our show. Like we said, we'll reveal the last wild card in. And then we have uh, Adam Central Belmont basketball on Tuesday the 20th. South Adams Adam Central basketball on the 21st. And then we've got Belmont Adam Central wrestling. On the 22nd. And Rex is, is furiously looking for something at the moment. Oh, yeah, he's looking for his call-in guy. Well, we'll get to our call-in guy here in a second as we, we, got, we got all kinds of time. So lots going on here on WZBD. Plenty of wrestling to listen to this week. Lots of interesting matches. Uh, Adam Central Columbia City is going to be a great one on Thursday. South Adams needs a good showing against Cowan. Uh, I think they've done a lot. They accomplished a lot by beating Bluffton. Uh, somebody made the comment online, like, there's no better way to show that you belong than to beat a team that's already in. Absolutely. And I think for anybody that's on that committee, the first thing you do is you look at the 11 teams or the seven teams that are in. Okay, has anybody in that class beaten somebody who's already in? And then you start, that's kind of your short list that you start with. And how bad did you beat them? Because South Adams handled Bluffton pretty easily in that match. For sure, yeah. And, and it was definitely a good showing. And we also saw that the lineup... Um, Changed a little bit from the first two dual meets that they had, and they got a guy down to 106. And obviously in 1A, um, you don't want to forfeit, uh, and, that's, and that's important. And in, in any of the classes, you don't want to forfeit. But especially in 1A, when you have that flexibility to be able to move people around, that's, that, that's always important. So as we wind down as the overtime period is nearing the end, uh, we'd like to thank all of our sponsors. We'd like to thank 
everybody who's joined us here in person. I'd like to thank Steve Rouse for running aboard for us. And uh, that'll wrap another live air version of the uh, Haggard Hershey's Old High School Wrestling Weekly. And stay tuned as the podcast will extend. And, uh, Dane, I think that's uh, my favorite part of the podcast when I get to listen to it. I think 60 minutes is up. And, hey, we got more wrestling to talk about. So, once again, thanks for tuning in. And then tune in next week to the Big Bracket Reveal Show, right? Yep. We find out who the last wild card is in all four all four classes. And we'd like to thank the Litchfields for coming for their efforts for showing up. They got a free oil change out of the deal. Absolutely. Eighth Street Oil. With that, we're going to go into the podcast section right now. And uh, we'll hit it now. So, still joined by uh, our coach from the uh, DeKalb Barons. And uh, who do you get to call in here on now, Dane? Well, we're going to have a call in guest here. Jason DeLois is uh, um, involved with ISWA and girls wrestling. And yeah, the 317 number there. And uh, he's going to talk to us a little bit about the girls' tournaments this weekend. And he's got some questions that need asked. So we'll talk to him. Don't dial a wrong number like you did the one night. Jason. Did he know you were going to call him tonight? I told him. Be ready. Hello. Hey, Coach. This is Rex Brewer and Dane Filling from Haggard Hershey's Old High School Wrestling Week. How are you tonight? Live here. Well, actually, we're in a podcast session, and uh, thanks for calling in to us tonight here in the uh, overtime extended podcast version. Yeah, I'm gonna shut, shut my computer down. I think I'm getting a little feedback. Yeah, we can hear we can hear me talking. We didn't, we've heard enough of that tonight. Okay. So, Jason, no tell us a little bit about the uh, girls wrestling action this weekend and where the tournaments are and what the numbers were like and all that. Oh my! I mean. Uh, I guess where do we start? I, I don't know much about the other tournament that happened this weekend. I was out at um, uh, Lebanon uh, High School. Uh, Coach Jeremy Goodlett and uh, Phil, Athletic Director Phil Levine uh, hosted uh, a tournament that was just better than any tournament I've ever really been a part of. Um, uh, Pat Culp had us, was behind the scenes and helped us pull it off. So it was um, it was uh, almost 300 girls in 52 schools, so it's the biggest uh, girls' regular season tournament to date. That's awesome. Uh, any highlights specifically as far as individuals? Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to show any favoritism, I guess. You know, um, there's a handful of girls. Um, I'm also the uh, women's director for the SWA, so I see a lot of the girls on the national teams. And, of course, they always excel. So, um, you know, I have some that I, that I really uh, like to see and watch and see excel in that manner, but I don't want to, um, you know, include anyone in particular there. But all the girls, they, they really wrestled uh, tough and hard, and the uh, level of competition is just, man, it's, it's, it's really incredible to watch. Well, I think you heard our interview with uh, Gary Myers in our previous section, and uh, it's just really great to hear all of the success stories the big numbers that are that are showing up at these tournaments, the different numbers of teams who are adding girls wrestling, and then I think the the thing that I like to hear the most is the school that had one or two girls two years ago that's now got nine or ten, or uh, every girl who's in an off season for the softball team at this school is now on the wrestling team. Uh, did you ever think two three years ago that we would be where we are today, or did you see this coming? Um. Man, that's a, that's a tough question, really. I guess um, uh, it's hard to see it coming that far back, I suppose. Um, 
I always had an intuition, you know, girls wrestling has had a steady growth over the last 30 years. Uh, I've been pretty involved in it for the last seven or eight years. And, um, you know, even just last year, just with the IHSAA uh, recognizing it as an emerging sport, I think that's what's been a really big boom. Um, even last year, we would see um, certain groups of teams that had, you know, four or five girls. And then, of course, you had the pin, pin team that always had close to 20 girls, if not more. Um, you know, that was kind of tradition for them. But you only seen little pockets here and there that had four and five girls, even just last year. And now it's just, you know, a lot of the 6A schools that have the numbers, um, you know, they're reporting 15 and 20 girls. And it's just, and there's duels going on all around the state, you know, new ones that are um, coming up every week. Um, it's just neat and exciting to uh, see that type of thing. Um, every time I see it on our uh, our Facebook page, Indiana Girls Wrestling, I try to report it and share it. And really just get the, the word out, you know, and see so that everybody is uh, aware of what's happening, you know. And I think everyone sees it, but to actually go to, like, the tournament this weekend at Lebanon, it was just, it was a phenomenal response. And just to see that in person is, is something else just to really witness, you know, is just incredible. So we'll give the rundown again for those that are listening. The regionals this year have moved to a format with four different sites. Those are going to be on Friday, January 6th, the same weekend as they were the last few years. The north sites are going to be at Jay County and at Penn, and then the south sites are going to be at Franklin and at Warren Central. And then, again, the state tournament will be a week later on January 13th, but this year, rather than being at the Kokomo Fieldhouse, um, it'll be a little further south down at Mooresville. So... Um, you know, looking at the numbers that we've seen so far at some of these tournaments, um, you know, I, I talked to you a little bit earlier this evening. I know a lot of people are asking, and we talked to Robert Falcons earlier in the program, um, you know, what's next for Indiana wrestling? I, I know Rex didn't include it in his interview, but he did say that in his, his conversation with Robert that Robert's been awfully impressed this year. And uh, I think everybody at the IHSAA, you know, say what you want about about the organization and, and how they, you know, dictate things in the sport. But I think the girls continually impress those at the IHSAA. And I think that timeline has been moving up gradually each of the last two or three years. Is they, they see it happening in this year or in this many seasons. And I think the, the girls and the coaches and the programs across the state, they keep exceeding those benchmarks and I I think we're really close you know you know I hope so too um I there's not any uh, real defined clarity other than the main minutes of the IHSA minutes of last year that say they'd like to see 200 and or actually uh, of the 407 member schools they'd like to see at least half the membership schools uh have some representation so that would put uh the number I believe at 204 um, you know, I, do I think that's attainable this year? Absolutely, I do. Um, I was a little astounded when I heard um, uh, Gary talking about eight and 900 girls. Um, I've been trying to get a uh, grasp on that number for a good number of years, and it's hard to do when, you're, when there's only, uh, you know, two to, two to three tournaments. You know, two years ago, there was only really three tournaments, McConaughey, Penn, and the uh, Lebanon tournament. Well, just last year, 
um, we talked to a few coaches and ended up having six different tournaments, right? And uh, giving a little bit more opportunity to it. So I think what in that in return in this year, um, man, there's almost 20 different tournaments since it became an emerging sport. So I think that's a big part of the growth, um, you know. So I, you know, I, I I see it happening. What I would like to see is a, is a clear definition because you know. Um, it's important if you want to hit a target, you know what you're aiming at, right? So um, to be able to get somewhere, you got to know where you're going. Um, but and I'm just really been trying to get a clear definition of that. Um, some coaches in the state said that they have heard that it's 150 member schools. Um, it's only really clearly defined by the IHSAA in the May minutes. Um, no one's really talking about exactly what it is or saying, I suppose, other than in that written response. So, co so Coach, this is Rex Brewer. I, w I was there when uh, the commissioner talked about it. I mean, that's not part of my interview that I had before, but um, he actually committed more than he'd ever committed, uh, that I ever heard him commit. He said he feels that this year and next year, if possibly not next year being sanctioned, he would – he said we're he said we're within two years away, and that's the first time I've ever he heard him put a time frame on it. And I think the sheer number—I mean, when Gary told him there's he's somewhere between 850 and 900 girls—I think that's the number he needs to be, regardless of how many member schools have girls wrestling. And I, I think that I think they're we're close. We're about that close. Yeah, and I, I really think with eight and 900 girls, that's um, you know, where we were last year with 350 girls at the state tournament. Um, it, it's proven. I've been a part of girls wrestling. I've seen it come, you know, the 36 states uh, be a part. I've been around since the 36. And there's 36 states now in the union that have a, a sanctioned girls wrestling tournament. But it's proven that once it sanctions, the girls numbers double, if not triple. So it, it's neat to see and hear that type of thing. I've been tracking the, uh, the number of schools with the uh, tournaments in uh, the last uh, you know, the tournaments that have been transpiring since the beginning of the season. And, uh, you know, there's well over 130 to 140 schools that I can count just from them tournaments. And that's is, that's a lot. Or uh, There's ones that I can't count in there that are also participating. You know, there's a lot of southern schools that don't do a lot of much, but, you know, we'll get a little better number from that with um, uh, Coach Danny Strzok's uh, Girls Jeff invite coming up here, or Girls Jeff Classic coming up this weekend. And, um, you know, you were asking about the uh, tournaments coming up this weekend. Uh, I want to say that Lafayette Jeff is hosting a tournament this weekend coming up, uh, December 17th, as well as Central Noble. They're hosting a tournament as well. So they're in a little bit, bit different uh, spots of the state. So I think that'll help the numbers as well when we're a little diversified in our location. And, um, man, it's just, I, I, you know, it's, it's very, very exciting to see the growth and just be on the inside of seeing it all happen. Well, we are certainly looking forward to the state tournament beginning. I really enjoy browsing through Indiana Matt's girls' rankings, uh, having been to the last few regionals and the last couple state finals, uh, <laughs> learning those girls' names and recognizing them and seeing some of the results and looking forward to some rematches. Um, I, I'm awfully excited for that tournament to get underway here in about four weeks. Yeah, it's me too, you know, and uh, that is going to be out at Mooresville. From what Gary was saying, it's going to be a pretty, you know, sex-to-none show. I don't doubt it. I'm in a new facility. I'm really looking forward to it. And, um, you know, two out of the four girls that are on the Olympic, Olympic team are Indiana girls 
and I would not be surprised to see a um, uh, you know a handful of the girls that are in now they're they're that good at the high school level to be there one day uh, especially around the 106 weight class would be really interesting to see how uh, that works out even in the boys uh, state championship this year uh, we've never had a girl qualify for boys state and um, we could have three qualify uh, this year if not you know one of them place and that would just be uh, Man, that's that's record breaking. Because last year, before that, there was only one girl in Kayla Miracle that qualified for Boys State, and last year, two of them did it. And uh, I, I really wholeheartedly believe, believe that three girls can qualify this year, if not one, the two, or even all three of them play. So best of luck to them, and uh, it's just a really exciting time to be a part of uh, Indian girls wrestling. Well, Jason, any time that you can combine Gary Myers, fire, and lasers. In one place, you know it's, it's going to be. Great. You know it's going to be a good time. Freaking lasers on sharks' heads. Well, well, Jason, we thank you for coming on our show, and uh, we definitely thank you for all the contributions that you've made to girls wrestling. And uh, anytime you want to come on our show and talk about what you've seen at uh, the girls' tournaments on the various Saturdays, you're you're always welcome. Oh, thank you very much, sir, and thank you very much for having me. And you have a wonderful evening. With that, uh, that ends uh, that interview section. Appreciate the coach letting us talk to him. Uh, make sure I didn't dial like uh, Domino's Pizza of Indianapolis again, like uh, I have in the past. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, coach, uh, what do you what do you think of this little radio program here? If you've been here in person, I think more people need to do something like this. This is uh... no, 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 no. <laughs> people oh, need but, to come oh, to our show. Oh, this, we, oh, we don't need competition. We need to commute. Yeah, People need to commute down here. Because right now, this is the greatest wrestling radio talk show in the state of Indiana. You know why? It's the only one. It's the only one. It's the only one you need. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> now, Gorilla Radio doesn't count because that's just Joe and Mike just nah, talking. Yeah. Just He's, got a fancy, He's got a fancy studio now, though. He does. I saw that. Well, Tanner, uh, it, it's been a fun show. It's been an emotional week. There was so much going into, you know, for us. We follow Adam Central pretty closely, and they hadn't even started their season, and we didn't really know what they were going to look like. There was a lot of pressure on South Adams this weekend. Uh, they needed to have a good showing. They needed to beat Bluffton. Um, they needed to have a good showing against Adam Central, and I think they did. Um, Belmont learned some things this weekend. Uh, we saw, as we discussed earlier, a, a pretty scary injury. Uh, I cried. <laughs> I walked into Timo. Uh, that's his German name, by the way. That's his nickname. Oh. That's what I called him, Timo, all day long on Saturday. <laughs> I walked into the emergency room, uh, and, and Timo was uh, in his hospital room, and I, I, I told him, you jerk, you made us all nervous. <laughs> and I cried, and uh, I, you heard, if you were listening at the very beginning of the show, Coach Calver in, in tears. It was scary. There, and, and you mentioned it, too. You know, you really didn't know what status was. No, you, that's one of those things. And in our sport, we're very lucky. We don't really have a lot of neck injuries. Or, but when you see something like that, it definitely stops you in your tracks. And, I mean, the camaraderie of the conference right there, everybody sat. Mm -hmm. All my kids laid down. Everybody was quiet. And, no. I mean, thank goodness he's okay. The only thing that, I mean, we were, my, I was sitting there with my wife, and I, I said, well, they're, you know, they're not doing CPR. Like, yeah. I, like yeah. there were no signs to know he was not moving at all. And, but right. obviously, I think it was just more precautionary, and they were waiting on the ambulance to come. But it was definitely scary. You know, Coach, you may, may or not know, but a few years ago, and, and it, we have a, you had a young junior high wrestler, Remy Boldemeyer, was one of the Belmont standouts. Mm -hmm. And uh, he broke his neck. 
and really? literally broke his neck. And that ended his wrestling career. It ended his, you know, he's a phenomenal football player too, and they took out all of his contact sports. This is the part that's touching me is that he has been made part of that team and he leads the Belmont Braves in before the matches with the flag, and he's actually part of that team because he would be a senior with those guys, right? Yes, I, I believe he yeah. was. Yeah, when, when, the, when the match started against South Adams on Tuesday, that's, that's who led the, the team out with the flag. So, and I believe, I think somebody told us this earlier tonight, that that injury happened at Huntington North. Yeah. Wow. So and and the, one referee, coincidence. the one referee that was there, the bearded guy, I can't think which one he is, the Lopshire. Lopshire. Lopshire had his match when it happened because I talked to Lopshire one time oh. and he said that, you know, when it happened, you know, there was, it's not a situation you can do anything. He set out and the guy was on top and he just kind of crunched down and it just happened like that. And he, he said for days and weeks that he was really still shook by it. Well, another good sign of just how scary it was and, and the emotions that were brought out, uh, you know, Tyrone's a tough guy. Mm -hmm. we, we all know that. We all know Tyrone. He, he was visibly upset. Tyrone removed himself from the duel after they started wrestling again. He went over and he got Josh, and Josh finished out the last two bouts, and Tyrone sat in the chair. I, I called him last night, and I told him, hey, he's okay. I really appreciate that, uh, you know, what you do as a referee, and, he, and Tyrone thanked me for, for, for letting him know, and I think Tyrone was visibly upset. But I've seen the video three or four times. There was nothing, there was, there was nothing wrong that was done. It was just a freak accident, and, and thankfully there was nothing worse than... They're all freak accidents. And it's like something's like, ah, that's a nothing, and then, you know, something bad happens. So Yeah, and we talked about this uh, two weeks ago when we were on uh, our show, and then we talked it, about it again on Friday night in our broadcast. People forget how important an official is when they forget that the, the official has those two young men that, that, or women their lives sort of in their hands. They are in charge of keeping situations from getting dangerous. And I think sometimes when we get overly critical of officials, we forget that the number one reason that they're out there is to make sure that everybody is playing by the rules and everybody's in a safe situation. Um, and it's a lot of responsibility. When something like that happens, it, it hits home for an official. Now, Coach, you're, you're talking about all these guys from Belmont you've looked up to as heroes and everything. I referee their matches when they're in junior high. They were all babies when I was wrestling. So let's go this distance and put some, you know, that's how old I am is that these guys, the Paul Gunsets and stuff, they were, they were babies when I was in high school. And then I refereed their matches. And if, if you graduated more than 20 years ago, you had a chance to have me refereeing. This is my 19th season of radio. So 19 years now, if you haven't wrestled in high school in the last 19 years, I didn't do your matches. Wow. It seems like it's been, doesn't seem like it's been that long, Dane. No, it doesn't. It seems like just yesterday you turned on the radio and you had John and Dan doing the broadcast. <laughs> I did talk to Dan a little bit um, this weekend. I know he's excited to have his son, Will, on the wrestling team. And there's a lot of young guys on that Belmont team that don't have a whole lot of wrestling experience, and he's one of them. But, uh, we actually yeah. needed an interview after the Dwinger match, and Dan was up there. And I saw that. Gra grabbed him up there and talked to him, and I think the statement he made is that, uh, his son, you know, said, hey, I think I want to try wrestling, Dad. And he's like, oh, okay. And he came home, and he told his dad, he goes, well, how'd it go? And he goes, I got a lot of work to do, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a sport for the weak-hearted, that's for sure. Well, Coach, we thank you for coming on the show tonight, and uh, it's certainly been an entertaining show, and there's a lot of work to be done by a lot of different people here in the next week to get ready for making this vote uh, for Team State. That's definitely what's going to be on my mind as we, as we barrel towards Sunday. 
take one day's worth of, of deep breath, I think. And then from there, the nice thing about it is once you get to 12 teams and 12 teams and eight and eight, then you start looking at the seating. And then you can, you can, you can move everybody else off to the side and you can say, okay, now, these 12 teams, who's beat who? And then right. you start moving people back and forth. But then there's a lot of gray areas. You know, one of the gray areas, and we'll talk about it now since we're on the podcast and not right on the air, like, Norwell, are they going to be seated ahead of Belmont? Yeah, they are. They, they beat Belmont head-to-head. Excuses you, aside, it yeah, doesn't matter, it, right? it was unfortunate, yeah. but, like, that's the way it's probably going to have to be unless Norwell suffers a loss that, that makes something different or we get into a three-way uh, situation where everybody's one-on-one against each other. But, like, those create really unique instances in some of those uh in some of those brackets where you're like you know what you may have belmont versus norwell again in the very first round yeah that's depending a, on how it looks that's a problem if belmont gets a bad seed based on what happened in that match that's going to be a bad news for somebody because somebody's going to draw into a team that they didn't think i was going to have to draw into right and you know you can have a good team and if you don't match up well with a belmont or a DeKalb or an east noble you know look at the east noble east noble matched up just right with belmont to beat him and then it got hammered by Norwell. Yep. I mean, it wasn't even close. No. Like 42-26 is like, how do you have two teams, just wrestled two other teams, and they're that far apart on the same mat? I had a Belmont fan joking with me earlier this week about Jay County. They were saying that uh, all, it ma- all that matters is going to be the coin toss when Belmont wrestles Jay County because if it starts at 106, it'll be 42 to nothing Jay County, and Belmont will need 42 points in the final in the final matches, and if it starts at 152 pounds, Belmont will be at 42 to nothing. And it'll, I don't think that's actually how it's going to go. But you look at the matchups, Belmont and Jay County. It's just about Belmont being favored in, in almost every weight in the upper weights, but Jay County being favored in in all the weights down below. Now, just for clarification, since I have to set all this stuff up, we staying with our seven o'clock next week, or we're going to go early and go six o'clock for that first hour. We are just one hour next week, so we're still at seven, because all we're doing is revealing the one team that gets in. Oh, what, yeah. when's the big... The bracket is until New Year's Day. Oh, okay, okay. That's the Sunday before <laughs> Sunday uh, before the tournament. See, that's what happened. So the nice thing is with that January 8th date, uh, we're able to take into account all of the holiday tournaments and then make the seeds. Which is convenient for you guys. Because two or three years ago when the tournament was January 2nd or January 3rd... <laughs> Cutting it pretty close. Then <laughs> we had the seeds determined before Christmas. Yeah. And then you'd go, you'd go into the holiday tournaments you'd be like, well, if we would have known that, we would have had it different. So. Right. See, this is how this show works. I'm, I'm here setting up and I get a text from Danny, an email, and, oh, here's the show schedule for tonight. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, good. I didn't even get it printed out. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so I just, I just show up and Dane tells me where to go at what time and I... I lead it in, and then he has this computer full of all this information. But uh, it, it's turned out to be a great thing. And uh, I, I tell you what, uh, we didn't realize how big of a fan base we have until we get to the state finals. And people from all over the state come up and talk to us. And I know that um, between the uh, WZBD podcast download and Gorilla Radio or uh, Indiana Math that puts it out, we were averaging about 450 to 500 podcast downloads a week last year. And that's just it's crazy to think that uh, that many people give give two, give two craps about Dane and I. Well, we we had no idea that, that you were a, a, a traditional listener until I, you got a hold of me and you wanted to talk about Coach Gunsett. And uh, it, it's one of my favorite things about the sport. And my wife complains all the time about it. We go to a wrestling tournament. All you do is talk to people. It's like, yeah, I saw uh, Michael Miller, the official. His yeah. son wrestles at... Probably East Noble, isn't it? 
Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. And I said, you got the day off, and, and we started talking, and it's, it's great to see the same people. And it doesn't matter where you go. You, you know, you go to Mishawaka and you see Roger Griffith, or you go to Rensselaer Central and you see Roger. You come to a Belmont home meet and you see him. Um, it's a small community, and I don't think yes. a whole lot of other sports have that. Uh, that camaraderie and uh, especially, and I think a lot of it just comes down to our state finals and the way it's formatted and the way it's set up. Everybody goes every year and and you run into those people. Hey, 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 if you were not at the coaches and referees association meeting there tonight, you did not hear the side conversation. Robert talked about the format for this year. He said, it's not set in stone yet, but he said, basically they're going to have everybody come in and be in the gym and they're going to wrestle either the light guys up to middleweights and stop and have about a 30-minute break, weigh them in, run it, and then start it there. So it's like they're still going to have two sessions, but they're not going to have that big four-hour break in the middle like they did last year. You and I's show is in jeopardy. We don't know what we're going to do for that. But what he said is this year, if your 106-pounder's best friend is a heavyweight, he's going to get to watch him wrestle because they're all going to be in a gym. They're not going to run everybody yep. out. So. But there's still going to be a break. And he said he, they like the fact that there's a pause there. You can give the referees time to take a little relaxation, get a little something to drink, maybe a little something to eat. But um, he said there's going to be a break. But it's still going to be two sessions, but everybody's going to be in the gym. One parade of champions. Yeah. And we haven't talked about it yet, but <laughs> Rex was able to get the answer out of him. And we'll break it. The breaking news right here on the High School Wrestling Weekly podcast. He said it will not be in Indianapolis in two years. Because of the NBA All Star Game, yeah, we we were we were there, and it's like we don't know where Come it's going to go. Fort Wayne. Come on, Coliseum. He said it could be in Fort Wayne, <laughs> it could be in Evansville. We don't know. Yeah. It could be someplace totally different. But he said they need a field house that'll hold twelve thousand people. And he said now every place will do it. I've been debating this with a lot of people over the last week since you told me that, and I keep going back and forth. I love going to Indianapolis and being out of town, staying in the hotel, yep. going out to eat at the restaurants. Yeah. I think about the Coliseum, and I think about the fact that that's not what the Coliseum is. It's not downtown. Um, I wish the Grand Wayne Center held 12,000 people, and you could put everybody in downtown Fort Wayne. Like, yeah. I'm not sure that that same atmosphere is going to exist. I'm not familiar enough with Evansville to know, um, but my wife said, boy, it'd be nice to sleep in your own bed one time. for." for and then I thought, well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. <laughs> It is something you know, about I, staying in the hotel and, and getting that, that feeling. It's almost like a commuter vibe because you walk past everybody in the state that you only see one or two times a year. Mm-hmm. And it's people that you may know or went to school with who are now coaching another school on the other side of the state. And that's where people catch up and where everybody just comes together. Well, no matter where you have it, if it's in Evansville or in Fort Wayne, half the people are going to be upset because you got a long drive. Yes, yep. it's true. Know, centrally located in Indianapolis is the ideal thing. They need to find a venue in the Indianapolis area that will hold it. He said even Lucas Oil Stadium, they, they looked, and they said it's not available because they're using that as part of Final Four right. or part of the NBA. The All-Star so, game. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they've looked there. He said they're still working it hard. He said they're working it hard right now. But, well, know, I think Fort Wayne may have a leg up in the fact that they have moved uh, an indoor team state finals to Fort Wayne in years past. Girls and the, basketball. And the girls basketball. And he said finals. that. So I think that probably gives us a little bit of a leg up. And let's be honest. Fort Wayne is more centrally located than Evansville is. Yes. Yeah. And if anybody who's studied the IHSAA long enough knows that, you know, Indiana is very top heavy when it comes to number of high schools. You know, yeah. you get down past Indianapolis, it, it gets it gets pretty spread out. You know, any, any, for 
northern people to Indianapolis, you know, a couple hour drive. From Indianapolis up to Fort Wayne, that's a couple hour. I mean, the only thing is like, what, seven hour drive to Evansville or something like that from the northern part of the state. But um, I think Fort Wayne would be a great place to do it. Is the Coliseum big enough? I don't know. It could be packed. Oh, like Falcon said, it would uh, be so much fun. There's a good possibility that not everybody's going to be able to get in. There's going to be some upset people. Yeah. Sell out. Yes, that sir. Would be, that would be so much fun. That would be. Standing room only. As long as we get in. <laughs> yeah, as long as, J- <laughs> as long as Jason doesn't. Well, you guys should be able to do your show from a suite. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do it someplace. But usually we're down on the floor for the semi-state. But uh, I don't know. They might be standing room only down there. But uh, I, know, I know that Robert's working that hard, and they don't have the answer. And he was, he was straight up front at the coaches' referee association, me- association meeting. It's like, we don't know. We, I can't tell you. Yeah. yeah. Well, they've got to they've got to work those things out and, and contracts and all that kind of stuff. So. And like you said, the the money involved is huge too. It's like if you have Lucas Oil Stadium, like you do for football. I mean, that costs you a ton of money. If you're doing it for six football games, you know that's one thing. But if you're doing it for one state wrestling files, I mean that that's that's an expense that I don't think you can swing. No. And they brought about, or I think actually it was Coach Myers that brought a possibility of switching dates. But they said it would be such a logistical nightmare because you don't want to run simultaneous sports on the same weekend. He shot that down quick. Oh, as a whistle. Well, it yes. wasn't even out of Timmy's mouth, and he's like, nope, can't. <laughs> nope. Don't do it to me. But I think the quickest one he shot down was when somebody said Sunday, he goes, don't even think about it. Don't, <laughs> even, don't even finish that breath. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> and, and that's what you and I talked about earlier. When you're dealing with Robert, he's straight to the point, and as long as you understand that he's going to be right in the end, <laughs> we're all good. I mean, there's got to be one guy at the top, and, I mean, <laughs> just like a head coach at any program – it, Buck stops with him. He's responsible for it. It's his baby and what he's done with it. The way I feel like he's pushed wrestling, especially what he's done with girls wrestling in the last three or four years, has been huge for Indiana wrestling. And I also really believe that it's going to be a big promotional tool for, honestly, recruiting in Indiana because you're starting to see our guys more on the national stage stick out instead of our one or two all-stars that we normally have. Yeah, Big Ten used to be a bunch of other people, and now you turn on Big Ten Network and it, it's Indiana guy after Indiana guy. Yes, Dane, that's a pretty good show. It was a good show. I only have one question. Yep. What time does my staff meeting need to be here on next week? Because it's, it's, not, it's a mandatory meeting now. Um, well, well, if you want to eat before. <laughs> food usually starts at 6. Yeah, yeah, okay. I show up at 6 to set the equipment up and start. I eat before I get under So 6 is when all the, all the party starts to happen. Okay. And they don't have too much party so we can get you on the air. So that you're not, <laughs> that's right. Not over the edge. Well, uh, I thank everybody for tuning in for this podcast section. And uh, thanks, Steve, for sticking around to run the board for us. And that's going to wrap this week's edition of the Haggard Hershey's Elk High School Wrestling.